Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, birds and snakes, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick, the Sultan of Steel Sutherland. Nico, how are you, mate? Still, I'm still. Right. You are still. I'm still, still, still. still. I thought you were a I'm statue still, for still. a second there. Um, mm. We just got, I already know who you were. We chat before we press record, but that's just for the audience's yeah. benefit. We try and get, or for me personally, I try and get as much of the golf talk out of the way so it doesn't bleed into the show. Otherwise, this would just be a, a golf show. <laughs> a <big> golf podcast. <laughs> what, would it be? what would it be like? What would the name of the podcast be if this was a golf show with me and you? Um, how to suck at golf consistently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> golf hacks anonymous. We'll get people to call in with their depressing <laughs> golf stories. <laughs> how many how many swing changes can you have in a month? Plenty, plenty yeah. of topics there. Oh my god, so much. Anyway, I was we're talking about golf, which defeats the purpose of what I was talking about in the first <laughs> place. So, Nico, uh, tell us. You know, um, we've got a few points that we're going to talk about today. You had a little zoom meeting last night where some topics arose what was that zoom meeting all about yeah so we've got the the fortnightly client zoom hangouts so it's outside of client programs it's just uh once a fortnight i'll host it and then dan will host the next one um the 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 fortnight after and it's it's just about you know do we see themes in our work so it's sort of like bring things um up and and I'm really just interested to get the clients' views on things. So uh, I, I sort of you know facilitate the, the hangout, but really it's it's more about the clients sort of sharing their thoughts and what they do. And yeah, last night um, it was on how to help people that don't want to be helped. And I think everyone listening perhaps would be able to relate to that they may have a loved one that's suffering or struggling and especially when you do this work it's like you know everyone's sort of walking around with a blindfold on and then you start doing the work and you so ah it creates more awareness so you take the blindfold off and you can see things and and clients come in and go make everything suffering everywhere and you're like yeah i know right and but then you can you can see in yourself and what you've been doing and that's really important but then you start looking around and you oh my mum's using all these distortions or dad's really stuck on that or or my boss is just really angry and projecting it and you can you can see all this in other people and what tends to happen is when clients start feeling better they feel lighter they feel more peaceful they feel happier uh, they're calmer um, they start wanting to share that with others and, and, and wish that for other people. But they fall into this trap of then taking the key of happiness of other people and go, All right, well, I know what's going to make you happy. You're not happy. I'm going to tell you how to be happy because I've just been on this journey and now I'm happy and, and all should go on this journey. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa just pull up stumps here. You, 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 you're doing it wrong. So I just thought it might be fun to chat about that. Um, yeah, we get we get excited, right? It's like you know, I start the work, I notice my patterns. I'm like, oh my god, this is. I keep repeating this. I keep thinking this. I keep feeling this. 
then we work through it and we're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm changing. I'm becoming different. And then we realize and oh, the relationships are getting better and everything's sort of getting easier. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I thought I would have to act that way forever. And now I'm acting a different way. And like you said, it's like, oh my God, everybody should know about this. Right. And so we become a preacher, right? It's like we're yeah, yeah. Knocking, knocking on doors going, oh, hello from the church of Latter-day Saints. Have you heard about our savior, Jesus Christ? You look fuck off, shut the door, you know? Have you- from the Church of Minefield, have you heard about our Lord and Savior yeah. Nick Sutherland? And- <laughs> I was imagining a pamphlet of you, like with a bit of light behind you, sitting cross-legged. <laughs> the disciples go out there and, and heal the world. Heal and, the and world. Guilty as charged. I, I fell into that trap. I did it too. I started doing this work, and it was it was a beautiful mistake. It was so important, but it's it's that. Um. Yeah, we really have to learn to 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 temper that and to to not be driven by these impulsive things. And and people say it comes from a good place, and it's like it doesn't because it's like I know what's best for you. The whole sentence starts with I. It's all ego. It's it's more about you than it is the other person. What you're actually saying is, uh, my life's pretty good, but it would be better if you went and sorted your shit out. And so. Go and do that for me, please, and then, and then my life will be perfect. So it's it's more about how to how to coexist, I guess, with people that are uh, not doing the work. And, and I said to the clients last night, and it, it struck me in the moment. I was like, I got to remember where the minority, mm. the majority, where the where the twenty percent, the eighty percent of people are walking around with a blindfold on, not knowing that there's other paths they can take, not willing to do the work whatever the case may be. So we've got to remember that we are we are the minority. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, if, if, if people, it does feel like it comes from a good place, but if you dig a little bit deep, <laughs> you'll see that you want the other person to change. And you can put it under the guise of like, yeah, but they'll be happier, but it's like you're in a state. We speak so much on this show about acceptance, you know, and non-acceptance. And what we're being is we're not being accepted. I don't accept person. That. It's like we've, you know, it's like for me, it's like, well, I've done – you know, stupid shit and done patterns for 30 years. And now I've had a moment where I've changed and gone on a different path. Now everybody should have that moment at the same time as me or mm. pretty close to the same moment. You can hear the ego in there. You can hear how much ego is involved. Yeah, it's like, come, come join me over here. But, you know, people, you know, aren't ready, aren't willing. Maybe it's not their path right now. Maybe it's never their path, you know, to, to, to undertake that. And that's not for for us to decide. And so it, those people become teachers instead of instead of looking at them and going, there's something wrong with them, they should be doing this. The focus is all on them. What we spoke about last night is when you start noticing you're being activated, when you start getting frustrated or resentful or whatever, that's you and your work to do. Yeah, you know, the, 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 whoever whoever's that source of stimulus, they're just your teacher. They're just revealing or helping to reveal the impurities that are within you, the attachments, the the, the lack of acceptance that's there within you. So you've still got a shitload of, <laughs> of work to do and a long way to go. Yeah, and so we then, the, the way that I've seen it work, because us human beings, we hate being told what to do. That's just what? That's we do not. 
it's in our nature you know we it's it's much more powerful and, and we as practitioners we know this in session that instead of you know there's one level is kind of telling a client or suggesting them a way to do things or that they may be able to look at things a different way but when they come to that conclusion themselves it's just infinitely more powerful when they they feel like they've made the decision and they've come to that realization so the way that i've seen this work perfectly is when people do go down this path but then they either you know they don't or they give up the idea of trying to change other people and just keep working on themselves and they become this uh you know this really transform this high vibrational being right and then they don't tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do but then people who may be nearly ready or have thought about it will see that person and go hey what the fuck are you doing because you've radically changed over the past 12 months or whatever it is, right? And so now it's they're, like- They're attracted to- They're being attracted in. That's right. Because as soon as I go out and go, hey, you should hear about this, read this book, you know, listen to me, we're pushing the other person away. But if we're this being of light, then, you know, when people are ready, they will step forward and go, hey, what have you been up to? Because my God, you are such a different person than I knew one or two years ago. And that's the way that we do it. But then we don't have an expectation as well that, well, I'm going to be this high being. And I'm going to wait for people to come to me and ask for advice because that's having- Why aren't they arriving before yes. me? Yeah. <laughs> come on, my minions. Let me teach you. <laughs> and so it's this place of like, you know, I we can only do us. We uh, have enough trouble trying to regulate ourselves and work on ourselves and understand ourselves than trying to change other people. And it's very, very hard because, you know, Nick, you spoke, you could hear the ego in the in the voice before. It's very hard because the ego wants to be right and, you know, it wants to help people under the guise of making ourselves seem like a very important person. It wants to manipulate the world to be a certain way in order for it to, to, to you know, now I'm getting what I want. Now things are perfect. So but it's... it's um Interesting as well. You know, I said to clients last night, mind fit is... is um, we don't advertise, it's all word of mouth. So clients going and speaking about their journeys and everything is really important and, and they do a great job of it. But I said, when when someone says, how are you or something, you go, oh, you're good. And, you know, I, just, I just had a session with Nick and this, you know, when it comes up naturally in conversation, they're like, oh, who's Nick? Oh, yes, this guy, see, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it, it flows, it comes out, it's more organic, but the person gets to ask questions and they'll draw out of you whatever information they need. But if you start imposing all this information on them, oh, and then he's, he told me to read this book and here, you should read this book because I can see you do really well from it. And, you know, we've got to, we've got to pull ourselves up there and just let people be curious and let people uh, learn from us whatever it is that they want to learn or need to learn. Yeah, it's like let them be where they're at. Yeah, and then just because you check, because it's because it's it's very difficult for other people as well. And this brings up, I guess, you know, there's the topic of relationships and that kind of thing. Because you know, let's say that we do go through a process, and all of a sudden we realise that our, you know, our partner has these behaviours, and maybe we've accepted them in the past, but now we don't accept them anymore. So it's like, well, if I'm letting them fully accepting them, do I just you know let them treat me this way or or that kind of thing? And no, that's that's not the case at all. Like when we go down this path and and this this journey we get much better at standing on our own two feet and being able to set boundaries but boundaries don't come from a place of you shouldn't do that you know it comes from a place of real inner authority and power where it's like um you know I, i'm just not willing to tolerate a b and c it doesn't mean i love you any less but i'm just not willing to tolerate that behavior it doesn't mean 
you know, you have to change or that kind of thing. But that's where I'm at right now. Now that's very, because people go, it's so annoying to see my partner who won't, you know, undertake this work and change, but it's also annoying for them because you've completely changed and that flips the complete script on what we believe our life is. You know, we have this, this, this script, there's us and the people in our life, the main characters, and they act in a certain way because that's the way they've acted and that's normal and familiar to us. And as soon as someone starts acting off script, that's really weird. Like that's a, there's a real integration process that has to happen there. So it's really hard for the partner as well. Like when did the writers come in and make these changes to the yeah, script? Yeah. I didn't sign it. off on this. Yeah, that's right. Where did this happen? She's not meant to act that what, way. What, where's, where's my agent? I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to my trailer. <laughs> Storm of <laughs> Sulking. It's uh, uh yeah, the whole the whole dynamic of the relationship shifts and changes, and it's uh, you know we, we we don't do couples therapy or counselling. We, we we work with individuals because the health of a relationship is determined by the health of the two individuals co-creating that relationship. So we prefer to work with people on their own, and then you know, that has a ripple effect into the relationship. But. It is much easier when the other person does the work. There's no no doubt about it. Because you're speaking the same language, you're on the same page, you can start growing together. Um, and and it's all it's all about evolving, really. You can evolve at a similar pace. Um, but it was interesting last night as well. We spoke out, you can say the same thing to someone. And if you're speaking from an activated state, if, if you're um frustrated or anxious or in uh, you know anxiety is a controlling nature so if you're trying to control or manipulate the situation or circumstances and you say oh and and i think meditation would be good for you that's going to come with a certain energy and and it's it's not going to be well received the balls will go up the barriers will go up as you said we don't like being told what to do but if your if your ego is not involved and you're just in that very centered place within yourself, and, and you say, "Oh, you know, have you tried meditation? Have you tried this?" They'll pick up on some level that you're actually you're caring about them and you've got their back, and you're not telling them what they should do, but it's just merely an offering, and and they can accept the offering or they can reject the offering. It's up to them. But but. So we're still allowed to offer things to people. We, we just don't want to force force feed them. Oh, yeah, and you're speaking about, you know, the energy behind our words and our actions, which is the place that we need to start with all interaction. We did a course many years ago uh, called Families of Addicts because, you know, I'd seen at the centre, like, you know, many families of addicts coming in, speaking to and all that kind of thing. What's funny? So it's like a TV show. It sounds like, welcome to Families of Addicts. <laughs> yeah, it's like an intervention kind of show. Um, it was kind of the, the course was like an intervention for the family member or loved one, to be honest. Like with you playing the role of Jerry Springer, <laughs> rest in peace, Jerry Springer. <laughs> um, and uh, because we'd had the same conversations over and over again, like, let's do a course here to try and help. And, and you're speaking to the number one thing that we went through basically in that whole course. It's like everyone asked for a script. What do I say? You know, my son, daughter, my partner, you know, my sister or my friends. Like, well, what's the script? What do I say to them to get this message across? And it's like, what you say is so less important than the energy and the space from which you say it. So most people come to someone who they deem needs help and they come with this energy of, hey, I'm going to fix you or you need fixing, which embeds the belief that that person's broken. 
So imagine if someone's coming to speak to you with this underlying energy of you're broken, you're fucked up. And maybe that's something that I'm already feeling to some degree. You spoke about putting the walls up. Of course, we're going to do that. We're going to get defensive. Any animal that's cornered will get defensive and want to bite back, right? And then that starts this, you know, tennis match of of anger and, and it just escalates things much worse. So in that cause, we're just like, you've got to deal with this energy, this underlying thing that this person needs to be fixed and that they're broken and that they're, you know, you bring shame on the family, that all the things that are bad that are happening in the people's lives around them are their fault because that's the energy people are coming into it. It's like, you need to speak to this person. You need to read that book. You need to meditate. It's all finger pointing, right? And the people we don't like having fingers pointed at us, you know, as well as being told what to do. So if I can come with someone removing their idea in my being that any type of fixing needs to take place that this person's broken, broken, then I can come to them, like you said, with an offering or some offerings where I have zero expectation that those offerings are going to be taken up right? All of a sudden, the underlying energy in that interaction is so before it's heightened and it just keeps getting lower and lower to a space where, you know, the person doesn't feel attacked. The person doesn't feel threatened. You're, just, you're, you're holding space for the person. You that's know, exactly. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But, but the, the people that are holding the intervention or, you know, that are seeing the other person as a problem, you know, it's, it's like you are affecting me, so you need to change. And and they're very close-minded. And I love the expression, lead first with wonder, not with intellect. So instead of going up to a person and go, I know your problem. I know what you need to do. I know. I, me, me. I have all the knowledge. You don't have any. Lead with curiosity and go, are you okay? How are you? What's going on for tell, you? Tell me what you're going through. You know, what's, I- what's, life, what's life like for you right now? Ask questions instead of imposing demands as a sort of step one. There's the other philosophy is that understanding is the cornerstone to love. Uh, and what these people need, whether they're addicts or severe mental health issues or whatever, is they, they need love uh, and unconditional love. So we can only understand through asking questions, through leading with wonder, not with intellect. So, and then, but... Listen with the intent to understand, not to respond. So listen with the intent to understand. Understand is a cornerstone to love. Listen with the intent to love the person. And when they feel loved, are the barriers going to come up? Are they going to feel cornered? Are they going to fight back? Are they going to push you away? No, they're going to fall into your arms. They're going to collapse. They're going to, you know, Potentially, it's going to be more beneficial for both parties if you if you lead with that approach. Yeah, you got to you got to see the the human. So anybody who's going through something that we're describing, it's like here's a human being in in pain, right? And then all these things are manifesting on top. Maybe it's they're not abusive in relationship, they're an addict, maybe they're um, depressed, they're snappy, they're shut off. All of that is like on the top. But underneath, it's a human being in pain. So in the interaction, can I see that and not get lost up here? Mm. You know, can I make it? And it's, and it's really that, hard. Like, it's it's hard. Let's, let's make a mistake. We, we, call, we call that looking beyond the projection. So instead of buying into what they're selling you and meeting them on that surface level, let's go a bit deeper with it and let's, let's understand that something is going on in the background. So when you look beyond the projection – you start saying, all right, there's an immaturity here or there's there's a, an unhealed wound here or there's 
um, something's going on back here that is creating this. And so I'm not going to try and change this or judge this or criticize the, the symptom. I'm going to sort of meet them back there and, and go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's like if, if they if they had a broken leg and, and you went and tried to, to hurry them up because they're walking slowly and they're going to push you and go, fuck off, leave me alone. They're going to get defensive. But you wouldn't do that because you could see that they got a broken leg, and so you'd go at their pace, and, you, and you'd offer to help them. You'd put an arm around me, you know. Let me, let me. It's so, it's so weird that when we can see it, it makes sense, and and our brains can compute it and process it, and we can act in an appropriate way. But with with emotional or psychological issues in the background that they're unseen so it's much harder but it doesn't mean that we can't stop and take a minute and go all right i don't know exactly what's going on but there's something back there yeah yeah so true yeah great analogy we can't see the psychic wounds so we neglect that they're there um and yeah i mean there's also can be a lag period like it's if you can hold that space you know that loving space and then maybe you will get a reaction on top. Like, yeah, you know, even if you're holding that space, you might just because of an automatic pattern, they're used to putting their walls up. So it's like, ah, oh, fuck you, don't tell me what to do, blah, 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 even though you're not. I find more often than not, if you can hold that space, then that person goes away and they start, they kind of realize that they weren't being told what to do and that someone was trying to love them. And it might take mm. a few days, a few weeks, but that kind of marinates within their system and, and something in them can start to soften. Um, that doesn't so mean true. they'll come forward and go, yes, yeah, I definitely need help now, but something in them will start to soften. It's, it's, uh, I, I watch far too many dog videos on <laughs> social media and rescue dogs and everything. And you see them in the shelter and the dogs have been neglected or abused or whatever. And some, a carer just goes in and sits, sits in this, in the, in the space with them. They don't try and force them. They don't try and drag them out. They don't do anything. But another trap people fall into is they try and create instant change, and and that's more for them as well. It's this instant gratification. It's it's uh, I want you to change now and immediately. And what you're saying is so accurate because if we just hold that, sit in that space, and hold that space, the person will eventually pick up on, on what you're doing and, and and start to meet you there. But don't for an instant expect well, I held space for you that time. Remember? Remember I remember I held space for you? I sat there and I was like oh, I held here, such a space. fucking good space and you just were oh, just not I even not even best. acknowledging how good my space was. No, I held the best space ever and you just took a shit in the corner. There was a big pink healing bubble around us that I made Mm. and you shat all over it. I was emanating a golden light. My aura was fucking unreal. Uh, I was on that day and you didn't and you didn't even you didn't bat an eye. My space was lit. It was so (laughs) good. Lit AF, and you just bought a fire hose yeah. in. And just You'll never get a space held that nicely again. No, so fuck you. <laughs> I, I've, I, tr- I tried, and you, and you didn't. You didn't. I'm not going to waste my space holding on you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're so ridiculous. We are so oh, we're ridiculous because we don't know, uh, and and so. 
education is is the key to it all and that's that's simply what we're trying to do because you don't have to be a faux therapist or a pop psychologist or anything like that you just need to be another human with empathy and compassion and understanding and 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 without an agenda get rid of your fucking agenda because it's not about you and your agenda and what you think it's about the other person this um, this person who's got a, a metaphorical broken leg and stop trying to make them go at your pace. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a flashback. <laughs> just that, that, you know, I'll hold the best bubble and everything. We had this guy many years ago. He was going to become a client, but didn't. But um, it's, it makes me think of the, you know, didn't hold a space the spiritual ego, you know, like it, it'll, it'll latch on, it'll go down the spiritual <laughs> concepts and then want to want to get the ego involved. And he was... <laughs> doing uh doing graffiti just on heaps of meth and he was messaging and he's like thought he was creating the fucking mona lisa or something on the on the side of a wall and he goes oh this might sound a little bit arrogant but it's not but i think i'm the most aware a human being has ever been in history <laughs> I'm like i'll try not to take that in the coex sense <laughs> i'd love to meet this person i want to i want to bar in their in their awakened oh, awareness God. Anyway, wow. um, anyway, so yeah, that's that's a fair bit of information around, you know. Yeah, well, hopefully around. it helps. Hopefully, hope, and once again, don't don't put a heaps of pressure on. It. The more pressure that's on, applied, the, the 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 less pleasant it feels. And so. and, and and also, you know, when it comes to you know, family family members and that kind of thing, and. It's just it's such beautiful to be able to just go accept and go that's that's the way they are, you know, and that's perfectly fine. And I I love that person because I I accept them in all of their all of their glory, and that's such a nice place to be as well. Because otherwise we're gonna people get in so much resistance in family situations when they go in this work, and and they're like you know you know you should be a different way or you should have done this when I was younger and all that. And once again, it's all very very destructive way of thinking. If you resist, it will persist. It's like if exactly, and it's like you know when you accept someone, you understand, and even people that you don't want to spend time around anymore, you don't want them to be any different either. You know, you just have boundaries. It's like it's like I'm not calling people a snake, but it's like if I'm walking down the path and I see a rattlesnake and it's hissing at me, and I walk, it's like I go and walk up and pat it, and then it bites me, and I'm like, oh fucking rattlesnake bit me. That's bullshit. It's like, no, it's a rattlesnake. That is its nature. Everything has a nature. And us human beings have a nature. And some people can change their nature. Most people don't change their nature. And to think that somebody should be changing their nature is is a very, very, um, it's a recipe for frustration. Well, we have three natures. We have our ego nature, our personality, our construct of Nick or Ryan. We have our human nature, which is to be irrational and to be all that stuff that comes with it and then we have our, our buddha nature and that's just loving compassion so can we call it nico nature that can go on your pamphlet <laughs> everybody step into your nico nature the church of mind fit i'm i'm really just listening in for the ego to come up and go yeah but making some flies so. I'm, gonna, I'm getting on vista print as soon as we jump off <laughs> i can't wait to see him uh, and so if we can meet people in the Buddha nature instead of the ego nature, uh, it has a very different energy. It has a very different effect. And 
it's it's much pleasant for all involved because there is that acceptance. There is no agenda, and there is the the acceptance of the nature. It's like the um, the scorpion and the frog fable. Mm. Have you, you heard? You know, I have. And, yes. A scorpion gets a ride, and the frog's like, "No, no, you'll you'll sting me, you'll sting me." And the scorpion's like, "No, no, I won't, no, I won't." And he's like, "You're a scorpion." He's like, "No, I promise, I won't." And then they get halfway across the stream, scorpion stings it, and they both drown. And then there's a drowning. And the frog's like, "What the hell, man?" And the scorpion's like, well, "I'm a fucking scorpion. What do you expect?" It's like, <laughs> what I what I do. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I've, I've spoken about this before. We use the spirit animal quiz to create some objectivity um, for, for clients. And I'm a turtle and M's a butterfly. And so whenever I hear myself saying, oh, we should just stop and, and be still or we should stop being all over the place, what I'm actually saying is I, I would prefer you to be more like me. And and when I hear myself say that, that's just a, a, a a signal that ah uh, okay I've got to I've got to intervene here and pull myself back and I love that you're all over the place honey you go girl mm, look at those wings oh, yeah oh, accepting the, the nature amazing. accepting that that's mm. oh I'm probably a, a butterfly or something like that but it's like you know it was an Einstein who said you know we've all got our sphere of genius if you ask a fish if you judge a fish on its ability to climb climb a tree then it's going to feel like a failure. <laughs> You if know. I judged your ability to be successful based on your golf game, oh, I knew would, you were going to bring that up. It would, sake. but I accept you and your golf game for how it is, and you I wait. love that. You I wait till we get to the Gold Coast. You're going to change your tune. You're going to change your tune. So, see, Hass and I just to just to golf for a minute. Hass and I have been fierce competitors. We had the Dong Cup, and fierce. it's been man versus beast, and beast versus man, and and it's just been Manta, ribbing each other, just constantly. And, and it's just been fierce competitiveness. And now we have to flip the script, and now we're, we're teammates for, for a week-long event on the Gold Coast. Shout out to SGA and Matty Pitt, who was an amazing guest on the podcast. Um, and so I'm, I'm having to pull back all, all of my barbs, all of my, my prodding and, and – and, we're struggling. And, we're struggling with that. We, we we're meant to be we're, we're team we're meant to be teammates and supporting each other, but we we can't help. You know the pathways are deep. The pathways are ingrained and deep, yeah. and 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 it is difficult. But I'm working on it. I'm committed to to being a, the best teammate I can be Thank for you. you and for us. Thank you. So it's going to be a great week. All right. Um, all right. Well, I. I a part of that as well is something I struggled with with people in suffering is finding that balance point between empathizing and enabling. And, yeah. and it's a, it's a fine line. It's a pretty much a, probably a shifting line. And so I've, I've I educate people in my life and say, look, um, I, I don't do sympathy. I don't see any value in sympathy. I, I'm an empath by nature. I'm very uh, deeply empathetic. Uh, my heart will break if you go through something, if you're suffering and struggling. But what I will do within that nature is I will challenge you. I will embrace you. I will offer things to you. Uh, but I won't sit there and, and join you in your pity party. That's, that's not what I'm about. I love you and care about you too much to, to do that so people don't come to me for sympathy and and that's better for them and it's better for me um, and so but that's only come through communicating 
and, and expressing that. But other people you know, hear it all the time and it's like, well, you know, because we do need to vent. We do need to get things out of our system. So we, we vent, we vent, we vent, and then we reach this point and it starts turning into ruminating and that's that's depression. Um, and that's where I pull up something. Okay, I, I've listened to you and, and I get that you're in this thing, but I just want you to know you're really sort of stuck on in this narrative. And so... I ask you a question again. What are you going to do about this? You know, we could talk about it till the cows come home, but it's not going to change anything. So, what, what's your what's your plan of action? What are you going to do? Yeah, they need a, a new narrative. So, what the way? Yeah, we talk about that in our training is it's a victim narrative, and so we can come in and talk to someone, and people are very much stuck in the victim narrative. So, there's some perpetrator. It's a perpetrator victim dynamic. So there's some perpetrator or perpetrators out there. I'm the victim and I play that in my head and normally to the people I speak to. And I'm really good at reciting my victim narrative because I've done it so many times. But like you said, if someone is just being sympathetic, then it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Yep. That is unfair. Mm. Oh, yeah. poor you. Poor and so, you. And so, so it embeds. Yeah, it just gets stronger, like our banter with golf. Right. It's very, very strong, yeah. right? And so we we automatically go to this victim narrative. But yeah, if you're you know around someone, ideally, yeah, being a practitioner, we we have to be like this. And it's like we can't dismiss the narrative straight away because then the first person feels unheard and the walls go up. So we need to really listen to the story and really be there and hold space, like we're talking about. But then ideally, we want to start to challenge that narrative and help them realize that it's that narrative itself on repeat is reinforcing so many of the patterns that keep happening over and over again. So do we want to keep being a victim, you know, in-, in It's like lis- listening, listening with the intent to understand. I understand you've had this experience. I understand that you're affected by it. But I also understand that you're not helping yourself in any way here. And, and what, what I, I, I fear would- benefit you the most is for you to, to take your power back and to, to stop being this victim. And so, you know. Yeah, because it's really different because we can go through, you know, extraordinary, extraordinarily challenging circumstances in our life. And maybe, you know, we were a victim in certain circumstances, but that's very separate than having a, a victim narrative or a victim mentality, you know, very I mean, different. What, the, the army experience, you know, people – I'm, I'm a survivor, and, and yeah, that's that. I'm a, whether it's I'm a cancer survivor and I'm just abuse survivor. Or something, I'm a survivor. I, just, I don't know. For me, I understand it helps in, in some way, but maybe just temporarily. They need to move on from um, that because if you keep writing the script that I'm a survivor, it sort of it does it, does, it reinforces that oh, I was a victim, but I survived and. So, you know, with the I'm experiencing the, the sexualized violence and everything, a past version of me got very stuck in the, the victim mentality and they did this to me. And it wasn't until I did my work and, and learned there was a version of me that had that experience and was affected by it and, um, you know, but went into compassion for those other people and went into, oh, they, they it wasn't, yeah, you do the work around it, and all of a sudden, at the time, it feels very disempowering to have six, seven dudes jump on you and and start, you know, stripping you naked and everything. But and and it's the most disempowered I've ever felt. And and but over time, you start getting your power back 
by reframing it all and into a much healthier perception of it and, and creating a much healthier relationship with that experience and going, right, let's just sit down for a minute. What, what actually happened? Dudes were bored. I came along. It was an opportunity. They just did. They, there was no real malice or intention. That they didn't know the effect it would have on on the person. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, and and you ultimately forgive them and you free yourself. And you know, that's not even forgiveness. You just go into that acceptance again. Yeah. So um, you separate. You separate from the memory of what happened. It still happened. You remember it's there, but like part of you is no longer stuck there. That's what happens with people. Some things. Yeah, happen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trapped in the trauma of it. No. Yeah. So people, they parts of them get stuck at all these experiences, so they can never truly move on, and they're always looking around the corner, you know, for what's going to happen next, because part of them's still stuck there. And we live a very reactive life. And I was thinking about this actually last week. I had a had a client, and I was just noticing it because I've been thinking about story. You know, us human beings, like. We, we're storytelling machines, you know, and stories, you know, mm. speak to us. All movies and everything have these certain arcs and the same theme because it speaks to something very deep within us. And part of that is always trying to find the bad guy or the evil or the villain, mm. you know, that that when I was reading a while ago, uh, Superman, when the Superman comics first came out, like in the 20s or 30s or something, he was Superman. Like he was strong. He could fly like, you know, and so he just always won easy, Right. And so the comic wasn't very popular. Right. It was like people people didn't dig it. (laughs) And then they introduced Kryptonite. Now, all of a sudden, Superman got to a phenomena that it is today because we need, you can't just have everything, you know, without a challenge or without an evil. And, um, you know, I had this client, it was just a classic story. You know, she had an overcompensation. She was never nurtured when she was young. And so she developed a path that was like, I'm never going to need anyone. And that was her dominant you know, personality type. And so we're trying to work on that. And, you know, it obviously went back to her mom who gave her no nurturing, you know, growing up, right? And so as I'm going through this, I'm thinking of story and you see this story playing out and all of a sudden the mom kind of becomes the bad guy or the evil. But oftentimes with this work, like you spoke about having compassion and understanding for the people that abused you, it's like it's trying to wrap our head around the fact that there's no bad guy, and, and our, our human mind has all sorts of trouble with that. You know, we looked at the mum, realised that she had it way worse than her. Her mum was abandoned when she was four. Mum went to a psychiatric institute. She didn't have nurturing to give. It wasn't in her being. You know, it's a classic, you know, bit of... Oh, and you, you offer that to people. I offer that to people by saying, and I'm really present with this, and I say, okay, see, see if you can... see. Just notice what happens within you when I offer this to you. So that client of yours, your mum was doing the best she could with what she had. And watching their initial reaction is priceless. It's Something like will this, tighten. Something will just Oh, be- there's this rejection. It's immediately spat out. It's like food that was horrible. It's like too sour or too sweet. Or it's, it's, and you're like, okay, now bring it back now. Everyone's doing the best they can with what they have, and and yeah, go back and look where did what what's the family heirlooms that have been handed down, blah blah blah. That that's all creating understanding. That's looking beyond the projection. That's being informed, and then making an executive decision about how you feel about past experiences in your life. And that's the I am the creator. Ah, oh, I get to. I, I can't create all the experiences and events that that I encounter, but I can create how I feel about it all and, and how I perceive it all. And 
when you change all the lenses and the frames on it, it's just, it's, you know, when I speak about the army experience, it doesn't bring up any emotion in me. And that's not because I've cut it off or, or rejected Depressed it or suppressing it. Yeah. it. It's, it's because I've let it in, let it, I've healed the wound and, and it's still a scar there, but it's, um, but it's my scar and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. It's like a scar. A scar, if it's you know pushed on, you know, doesn't hurt. You know, it's, it's maybe it might be still yeah. visible there, but it doesn't hurt. But when it's still an open wound, if I press it, it fucking hurts, and I get reactive. Chick, chick stick scars, chick stick yeah, scars. they do. Yeah, especially especially emotional scars, because if if a bloke can be vulnerable and say, yeah, you know, I went through this in childhood, or this in in high school, or this in the army, or whatever, uh, and they can speak about it. Uh, and the, the the person listening is like can pick up that wow you you've you don't sound affected by that and you're like well I was affected because it has changed the trajectory of my life but I'm not affected in an unhealed way with it. And, I, I, I had and a <laughs> I had a meeting yesterday with, <laughs> with an insurance guy who was uh, you know going over our life insurance and all that with doing some stuff and anyway. He's just asking about our business. He's like, "Oh, and how'd you get into that?" And I'm just sort of you know, reeling off my story and that. And then like he opened up about you know having having an alcohol problem and getting over it and all that kind of stuff. And and then he's like, "Oh, thank you so much for just like being so open and you know talking about that stuff." And for me, we've spoken about this before on the show. It's not even open. It's just like you asked me about my experience and I told you exactly what my experience was <laughs> from my perspective. You know. And so the the beauty of that is it's like. It's so it's kind of normal now, but it's just it's quite freeing that we don't really have to put filters on things. You know, there's no when we go down this path and we heal a lot of these wounds, we no longer have to protect. You know, like I imagine, like you know, the people that are at the dinner table, and you know, some topic comes up, and the dad gets angry, and the mum's like, you know, hey, we're not meant to talk about that around your father. It's like these we can't talk about something that might reveal <laughs> Egg the shells. wound. Eggshells, everyone. Eggshells, exactly. It's like when you do this work and you you move through it. It's like I just don't. I can talk about everything, and it just feels, you know, it feels clean, you know. And there's no, there's no, there's no areas. Like people ask me all the time, I'm going to be on a podcast interview or something. Like, oh, is there any parts of your story we don't want to talk about? I'm like, no, like go wherever you want to go. Like, there's nothing to hide. Access, access all areas. Yeah, but but not only does it feel clean. Which skeleton it's... out of the closet should we talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> Door number one. <laughs> not, not only does it feel clean it feels like i'm just just casting back to you know my biological dad who you know undiagnosed manic depressive bipolar self-medicating drugs alcohol violence and everything and and speaking about that time of my life fills me with love and joy because once upon a time he was the bad guy he was he was the he was the the Nazi commander in the movie. He was the you know had the scar running down over his eye and the gold tooth and the uh, you know army of henchmen. And when when I stopped that and, and changed the script around that and and went looked beyond what he was projecting and empathised and, and went down. You no, know, it's it, speaking of my father now. It's it's filled with. It, it, I feel. Not just clean, but I feel 
beyond that, this this sense of love and and compassion still and gratitude. You know, um, it, it's it's a it's a weird one. It's such, such a well, it's like one. it's like seeing him and going. Yeah, that was that was my dad, and that was his path in this life, and that's exactly the way that he was meant to be. If he was meant to be a different way, then he would have been, but he wasn't because that's how he was. So now I'm like, well, that was my dad. He could. That's who I got to have as my dad, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Even though it was challenging at times, that made me into the person I am today. And once again, it comes back to this: like it's an acceptance of that human being and the life that they lived, which in essence is love. And go beyond that to metaphysical and the, the concept of, you know, between lives we choose our parents. So, you know, ultimately I'm like, well, I chose him because I had that karma, I had that work to do. Um, without that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Without without my biological father being who he was and struggling with his struggles, you and I wouldn't know each other and we wouldn't be chatting, having this conversation without, you know, I wouldn't be my fit wouldn't be on this property it's it's, it's it's all it all happens perfectly but it's not perfect in terms of what the ego deems to be perfect it's happening transcend that and it's all happening exactly how it needs to happen it is it's if you zoom out above the weeds we're stuck in the weeds down here if you zoom out from the weeds you know and that's what happens a lot of the times when people start doing this work you know they'll get a certain bit into it and all of a sudden they start to see their life and all of the things that their ego deems shouldn't be happening and, and all that. And then look at the whole totality of it and start to connect dots and go, ah, oh, that's why that happened. That's why this happened. That's why I'm in the position I'm now. That's why I'm about to go and, you know, step into this new area of my life because of all the lessons I've learned from what I've been through. And then oh, with, without without that, I wouldn't have this. Or if I, if I if I got what I wanted, then I would have been in a totally different path, and I wouldn't be feeling in alignment here. And if I had kept chasing that instead of letting it go, I, you know, so it's 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 that balance between, uh, as I said to you before, when we we're talking about ideas for the show, is is that find a healthy level of balance point of stress, and, and we need stress if we if we we need. Challenges. When it, the obstacle is the way, you know, the, the Stoic book. It's well, we can growth. Growth precedes resistance. You know, there's there'll be no growth without some form of resistance. So the resistance comes to push up against us, and we have to overcome that resistance, and in turn to to grow, to become stronger in some facet of our life. So, like you said, the obstacle is the way. Like without that resistance, there's no growth. You know, and that's why I'm just in such great shape. That's why that's mentally, why I, emotionally, I, physically, and spiritually, golf and golfily. That's why I've got these killer pythons because these biceps just meet resistance and they can't help but grow. It's just all it does. They just keep growing. It can't stop the bastards. Oh, guns it's, McGee over here. Um, I'm going to call a plumber. Yeah, because these these pipes are about to burst. Oh. <sighs> Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it with a very egoic statement by by yeah. Sultan of Steel. But you were aware of your egoic statement, and that's what made it so funny. I was very mindful as I was uh, I was listening to that as it came out, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Look, I think this has been a juicy episode in terms of helping people mm. that don't want to be helped. Um, we're always with most of this stuff. We're we're holding up a mirror back to ourselves. Um, but you but can't you can't you can't help others unless you're okay. So we start off about how to help others, but then it sort of turned into us and 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 changing our stories and narratives and stop looking for a bad guy. So do your work first and foremost, and then 
once you are healed and non-reactive and more acceptance and in that heart space, then you're going to be in a better position to help others. And as you said, being that being of light, people will be drawn to you and get curious and ask you, you know, you had a haircut or you changed your lipstick or what have what you done? You're like, no, nah, man, just did my work. No, nah, man, check out my space. Check out the space I'm holding. You've just stepped into it. How do you feel? You feel pretty good, don't you? <laughs> then you're like, oh, no, I've got more work to do. <laughs> Damn it, get out of my space. I've got Damn it, get do. out of my space. You've, you've sullied it. <laughs> I was a being of light. Damn it. Uh, now look at me. Uh, I'm fading. All right. Peace out, everyone. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.